This is Curl Up with a Cat Tale, and I'm Gwen Cooper, the New York Times bestselling author of numerous cat-centric titles, including Homer's Odyssey, A Fearless Feline Tale, or How I Learned About Love and Life with a Blind Wonder Cat, Spray Anything, More True Tales of Homer and the Gang, and The Book of Possum, Head Bonks, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. We're here to celebrate all things feline and to tell inspirational cat tales. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Curl Up with a Cat Tale with Gwen Cooper. I am, of course, Gwen Cooper, your host, and delighted, as always, to be here with you today. Later on in today's episode, we are going to have an update on the status of the cats and dogs of Afghanistan that we've been doing so much to assist. We will also be checking in and thanking uh, by name some members of our Patreon or my Patreon community who help keep this podcast going and enable me to do what I do. And to celebrate the now past, but it, it was it turned out to be kind of a crazy August. But towards the end of August, I actually marked the the twelfth anniversary, believe it or not, of the publication of Homer's Odyssey in hardcover. And I later on in today's episode, I'm going to be reading an excerpt from the book. Uh, I know that many of you, I, I've done so many readings over the years, and and I always find it hard to believe that. There's anybody who enjoys the book and has not heard me read from it, but I'm actually guessing that a majority of people really who've read the book have not heard me read from it um, because, of course, there is just a much, much larger number of people who have read the book than I could ever possibly, even with a very active touring schedule, be able to do live readings for. And so here we are. So I later on, I'm going to be uh, reading from an excerpt from the book. And I hope that's something you guys enjoy. But before we do any of those things, I would like to wish a Lashana Tova to my Jewish friends and listeners, uh, for those of you who do not know, today, the day that this podcast is being released, is Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year celebration. And for those of you who aren't quite sure, you know, who've maybe been hearing about this or seeing, you know, happy Rosh Hashanah on, on social media and don't really know what the holiday is, um, it is the Jewish New Year. And Jewish tradition has it that on Rosh Hashanah, uh, which literally translated, by the way, means head of the year, and it is the Jewish New Year. And on this day, uh, the gates of heaven are blown open and God begins writing in the book of life. And in the book of life, he will inscribe the fates of every man, woman, child, dog, cat, living creature on the face of the earth over the course of the next year. And then on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which is in roughly a week, um, God finishes, he seals the book of life for another year, and the gates of heaven close once again. And so that is why you may hear uh, Jews wish each other, may you be inscribed in the book of life and around this time of year. But you know, obviously, I, I do not believe in the literal truth of this, but I have always loved the idea of God as a writer on a deadline. Uh, you know, he he starts today and he has until Yom Kippur to finish up. And I mean, that's a week, y'all. That's like really a really tight schedule to to write down the fates of of all of us um, in a single book. And and yet every year he manages to get it done. Um 
I, of course, <laughs> routinely blow right past deadlines, uh, usually just my self-imposed ones, not the professionally imposed ones. But but I do. I, I miss deadlines all the time. But I, of course, am not God. So that that would be the one one of the big differences between us. I am not God, nor am I even godlike. And and just to show you how not godlike I am, uh, we, this is actually the end of Labor Day weekend, and I, uh, speaking of missed deadlines, had actually intended to have this podcast done a couple of days earlier, but I've spent the past couple of days in bed flat on my back because, and and you will all appreciate this. Um, so I got a, a shipment from Chewy. You know, we order our kitty litter in bulk from Chewy. We like to support our local pet store when it comes to buying food, but the litter we just buy in bulk. It, it's just so much easier and, and and so much more economical to do so. And so I I got a FedEx was kind enough to deliver right to my front door a package that contained forty eight pounds of kitty litter. And also another 15 and a half pounds of Fanny's dry cat food. And I did not realize, um, actually that the 15 and a half pounds of cat food were also in there in addition to the 48 pounds of litter. Now I'm no mathematician, but I'm going to say that the combined weight was therefore somewhere north of 63 pounds of this box. And I was not like trying to hoist it over my head or carry it on my shoulder or anything like that. I just wanted to get it just, you know, like the one inch up to lift it to get it into the front door of my house so I could then push it the rest of the way. Um, again, that that additional 15 and a half pounds really proved to be fatal and to make a long story longer, I guess, is what I've been doing. Um, I hurt my back real, real bad. <laughs> I mean, real, real bad. I, I was... Uh, Yes, I so I spent a lot of uh, of this weekend, this Labor Day weekend, recuperating, and I, I guess the only real winners were the cats. You know, Fanny and Clayton get so excited when I end up spending a lot of time in bed, and actually, I haven't been sick in a while. Um, mostly because we've all, you know, with with lockdown and everything, those of us who were who were were quarantining until we got vaccinated, right? We, I, I mean, sort of weren't exposed to anybody. I we were kind of hermetically sealed into this house and and not really exposed to any germs outside. So, um, since my bout with what I believe was COVID way back in March of 2020, it's actually been a pretty healthy year overall. So so the cats were delighted to have me embrace their stay in bed all day lifestyle for at least a couple of days. Um, I was less delighted. It was less fun for me. But fortunately, we live in the golden age of streaming television. So there was at least plenty to keep me occupied. And, and actually, my two new obsessions are Only Murders in the Building, which is Hulu's new kind of cozy mystery series. And it stars Steve Martin, uh, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And it is super fun for those of you who are into that sort of thing. And I definitely recommend it. And also, my husband and I discovered a, a new, a, well, not a new show, an older show that sadly was canceled a couple of years ago. Um, it was on Stars, but now it's on Amazon Prime. And it's called Counterpart. And it's J.K. Simmons and Olivia Williams, and it's kind of like almost like a Cold War spy thing. But the premise is that 
there are actually during at some point during the Cold War, a nuclear accident created a, a another version of our world, like our world split into two. And so everybody has a counterpart in this other world. And it sounds really silly. Um, but man, did J.K. Simmons and Olivia Williams just bring so much of the material and hit it right out of the park. And it's actually really smart and interesting. Anyway. Um, on to more relevant issues than my back or how I've been entertaining myself in bed for the last couple of days. That did not come out the way I meant it to, but you all know what I mean. Um, an update on Cobble's small animal rescue. Um, from what I can tell from what they're posting on social media and other places, um, it looks like at the moment that the cats, for those of you who are worried about the cats, the cats are now with them. The cats are all safe. Uh, it appears that they did lose a, a, a small handful of cats at the airport. Um, you, you may remember there were a couple of suicide bombings at the airport. And in order to con- take back control of the airport, the military used tear gas to clear the field. And some of the cats were exposed to to the tear gas and and died. Um, but the majority of the cats are safe and fine. And with Cobble Small Animal Rescue, they are still making plans to, to reroute. They are in the process of rerounding up the dogs who were released at the airport. And the cats are safe and all with them. And they are planning on, on getting all of the animals out. They're not sharing details of the plan. And that is for their own security. There's been a lot of wild speculating about what's going on on social media, and I really do implore all of you who are interested in this and who care to to please not engage in that. Please do not share rumors, do not print rumors, do not repeat things that that you heard from somebody else. And the reason for that is that if what you're if the information you're repeating is accurate, you could be compromising the security of the people on the ground who are trying to rescue these animals. If your information is inaccurate, then you could actually be impeding their progress by spreading false information. So really, the best thing to do is, as difficult as it is, to to wait. But that that is really the best thing that we can do in this situation is to sit and to wait and to wait for more information and to hear what's going on. And I, I know how tough that is. I do want to thank all of you for your incredible support uh, of these organizations, those of you who have directly donated to them, those of you who have purchased autograph books from me, and aside from the shipping costs, I donated all of those proceeds. Also from my my store, the the Homer's you know Homer's Heroes merchandise store on Teespring last weekend. We were also you know I was donating one hundred percent of all the proceeds from all the clothing sold there to. Um, to Cobble Small Animal Rescue. And so a, a tremendous thank you to everyone who, d- who did so. Again, our donations are, are helping to fund their ongoing care of the animals and their whatever it is that they are working on to get the rescue animals out of Cobble. I did also want to clarify something else because I've seen this going around on social media. Just to be clear, I am not in direct contact with Cobble Small Animal Rescue or with Nowzad. Um, and if it seems like I have more or better information than some of what you're hearing, it is because, uh, well, for two reasons. Number one, I, I pay very close attention to what the organizations themselves are saying. And that's really my primary source of news or information, not saying directly to me, Gwen Cooper on the phone, but that they are saying on social media 
or through their approved and designated spokespeople here in the United States. And and it does take a lot of sifting through competing information to find out exactly what is being said specifically by the organizations themselves. It takes me a lot of time to dig through and to find the origin a lot of the origins a lot of these rumors and then what the, the truth behind the rumors actually are. But it is possible to do and and so this is what I do. And also information that is related by reputable news sources. And when I say reputable news sources, I don't mean like, you know, Fox versus CNN. Um, For the record, and I don't really watch a lot of television news, but they also have websites and written journalism. And I find them both to be equally credible as far as their written journalism goes. Their opinions, obviously, I I don't always agree with the editorial stuff and with the opinions of various news outlets. But when it comes to a just the facts situation, um, I, I do find that Fox and MSNBC not only are equally reputable, but frequently have the same actual information for whatever that is worth. Um and also, you know, so if, if if I, for example, see a piece of information about what's happening with Cobble Small Animal Rescue and it is repeated in Fox, MSNBC and The New York Times, then I will go on the assumption that that is a credible piece of information. It may turn out not to be true. Again, it is very difficult in a war-torn region and especially as chaotic as the evacuation, as as we all know, watching it unfold on television, we all know how chaotic it was. And so even for people on the ground seeing what's happening, it can be difficult to to know to any factual certainty what is happening. But again, th- this is my methodology. This is my process. I, I just want to correct any misapprehension that I am in direct contact with Charlotte Maxwell Jones. I am not. We are not buddies. Um, I do not know her personally. I am just working very hard to to figure out what it is that they are actually saying and how we can best support their efforts to to come home safely and to bring these animals with them. And I thank you all for your incredible patience and and your support and your generous, generous financial support. And speaking of generous financial support, this is the part of the podcast where I'm going to thank my Patreon community and and I'm going to start the monthly process of thanking individual supporters by name. And I'm sorry that I was not, again, August really just got much more chaotic than I would have thought it would, especially, you know, usually August is kind of a sleepy month, right? It's the last month of, of summer and and people take vacations. And so it's traditionally not an action-packed kind of month. And yet this August was and, and things got away from me a bit. Um, but I do want to thank my Patreon supporters. And and um, again, it is because of you that I am able to to publish books independently of traditional publishers and to keep this podcast going and to do both of these things completely free of any corporate sponsorship while also, you know, enjoying things like food and shelter and, and food for the cats, which they've become very attached to over the years and understandably so. So... Um, and, and I do like to thank everybody who I, I, one of the rewards, if you are a supporter at the $5 a month level or higher is that I, I name check you personally on the podcast once a month. And so I'm going to begin the process of doing so. And if you would like to learn more about Patreon, and it's not just, 
you know, a community of people who like give me money. Um, we, we have a lot of fun. There are, I publish exclusive photographs and ex- an exclusive monthly column that is just for people on Patreon. I also have a bonus podcast that Lawrence, my husband and I do together and, and it's a lot of fun. And that is exclusively for people in Patreon. Um, people at a certain level or higher will all, will have all of their names and their cats names included in all of my books that I publish while they are supporters. Um, you get to, to, you know, see excerpts from works in progress. There's a monthly video chat for people at the $25 a month level or higher. Also, um, exclusive tote bags that you cannot buy anywhere with, with Homer's picture on them that are only available to Patreon supporters. And, and I think it is just a lovely design. And for some people on Patreon, there's also the opportunity to get a, a an authentic copy of the fir- my first draft of Homer's Odyssey with my editor's handwritten notes on the pages. And so if, for a certain kind of person, I, I feel like that's a really cool and fun thing that you can get on Patreon. And again, this is only available to Patreon supporters. So check it out. Go to patreon.com slash Gwen Cooper, P-A-T, that's P as in Paul, A, T as in Thomas, R as in Robert, E-O-N as in Nancy, dot com slash Gwen Cooper. Or you can go to my website, gwencooper.com. And that is also a place where you can contact me, ask me questions. If you'd like to ask me a question or make a comment for me to read on the air, I certainly encourage you to head on over to gwencooper.com and check it out. I'm now going to read, begin the process. This is not a complete list of all supporters. This is about uh, maybe a quarter of them. It it usually takes me an entire month to read all of the names. And so I'm going to start here. And then after this, we're going to take a very short break. And I will be coming back to read an excerpt from Homer's Odyssey. Um, So with profound thanks and gratitude going out to Aislinn Benfield, Annalie Evans, Shelley Rudder, David Hepburn, Lawrence Lerman, Sandra Lerman, Irma Hinkle, Christine Graham, Meg Hines, Brianna Goodwin, Susan Heineke, Lene Waite, Deborah Forsman, Melanie Paradise, Julie Brandt, TJ Murphy, Rachel, last name withheld, Rosie Ray, Catherine Rigsby, Angie Mason, Sandy Bazelli, Diana Damasio, Joanne Latko, Steph Suglian, April Gutierrez, Irene Mall, Mark Blanchard, Maddie Chitwood, Christine Sorensen, and Dawn Brown. Thanks so much to you guys and to everyone else in my Patreon community and to all of you who are listening. And I encourage those of you listening now to sit back, relax, hang out for a moment, get comfortable. And I will be back in just a few moments with more Curl Up With a Cat Tail. around. 
Um, in just a few moments, I am going to read a, a brief excerpt from Homer's Odyssey. Uh, I know that many of you have requested over the years that I create or, or produce an audiobook edition of Homer's Odyssey that I read myself. And and there's a wonderful reader by the name of Renee Roudman, by the way, who does the audiobook for Homer's Odyssey. And that, of course, is available on, on Amazon and anywhere that audiobooks are sold or can be downloaded, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so just so you guys know, I, I'm actually not going to be able to do so. And it's, it's a whole copyright thing, but I, I cannot produce my own competing audiobook there there is already an audiobook edition out there and um you know to which i i sold the rights some 12 or 13 years ago um to tell you the truth i'm not entirely sure that it's 100% kosher for me to be reading even this small excerpt on today's program but what the heck i'm going to do it anyway um but also to let you guys know starting with my life in a cat house and for all books that i've published since then and will continue to publish I am doing my own audiobook reading, uh, for better or for worse. So if that is something that that you appreciate or that you like to hear, you can actually go to Amazon right now and find um, several audiobooks that I have recorded. And I'm also happy to read additional portions of Homer's Odyssey on future episodes of the podcast. So again, if you guys want to head over to my website, um, GwenCooper.com, and either on the comments section for the podcast or on the contact form, um, just let me know, you know, so drop me a line and let me know what sections you would like to hear me read. And if there is a consensus, then I would be happy to read that section from the book on a future episode of the podcast. I also did want to say, you know, it's, it's unbelievable to me that it has been now 12 years since Homer's Odyssey was published. It is unbelievable to me that it is now, you know, 24 years since I first adopted Homer. That That is just a staggering, staggering figure for me. My, my memories of him are, are so incredibly vivid. It does not feel like it's been eight years since I lost him or 24 years since he was a kitten, my God. Um, and actually, I had a dream about him the other night, such a, you know, one of those dreams that was so vivid that I woke up and and I, even all these years later, you know, it's been eight years since we lost him. And it took me a minute to remember that the reason he wasn't there to greet me is because he's no longer with us. And uh, I, I, I guess that is a, you know, it is a thing that happens less and yet less as the years go by, but that definitely still happens. And um, it is sad sometimes when you wake up and realize that someone you loved is no longer with you, but then I guess you also get the the happiness of for a moment, you know, really living inside that relationship again. And truly, tis better to have loved and lost, right? Than than never to have loved at all. And um, anyway, so speaking of of all of these things, I'm going to read a brief section from Homer's Odyssey, and what I've decided to read is just a couple of pages. And this is the the place in the book where I meet Homer for the very first time. And that was 24 years ago this summer. And, and I'm, believe it or not, I'm turning 50 this year, which means that this is almost exactly half my life ago. Um, and, and it feels very much, I guess, it's sort of like, like when my life really began, I, I definitely always say, and, and one of the themes of Homer's Odyssey is that meeting Homer and adopting him and, and 
being inspired by his incredible spirit was definitely one of the things that set me on the path to to true adulthood and to my adult life. And so this is in many ways, of course, a portentous meeting between Homer and me for the very first time. And um, and yeah, and and here is that the story of that encounter. Let me find the page in my own copy of Homer's Odyssey. It was a ferociously muggy late August day. Silvery waves of heat shimmered and rose like evil genies from the pavement, fronting the strip mall where my vet had her office. The receptionist greeted me warmly as I entered, summoning Patty, who popped her head out from a door behind the reception desk with a cheerful, come on back. I followed her past rows of cages holding cats and dogs, which I'd noticed before but never paid much attention to. I'd always assumed they'd been left in the temporary care of my vet by owners who would eventually come to retrieve them. For the first time, I wondered how many of them were actually homeless, waiting to be looked over by people like me, who might or might not end up adopting them. We reached the last examination room at the end of a narrow, wood-paneled corridor, and Patty opened the door for me. On the exam table was a lidless plastic box, so you can interact with him, she explained. I walked over and peered in. He's so tiny, was my first thought. Both of my cats had been almost this young when I'd taken them in, but I'd forgotten how absolutely tiny a four-week-old kitten is. He couldn't have weighed more than a few ounces. He had curled himself up into a miniature sphere in the farthest corner of the box, a fuzzy softball that would have fit easily into the palm of my hand. His fur was all black, and it had that static electricity fluffiness that very small kittens have, as if their furs actively rebelled against the notion of lying flat. Where his eyes had been were two tiny stitches, and around his neck was one of those plastic cones they put on pets to keep them from scratching stitches out. I sutured the lids shut, Patty said, so it won't look like he has sockets or anything. It'll kind of look like he has his eyes closed all the time. She was right. Looking at the X-shaped stitches where his eyes would have been, I was reminded of childhood cartoons where the drunkenness or demise of a character was indicated by X's drawn over his eyes. Hey there, I said softly. I scrunched down a bit, so my voice would come from the kitten's level and not sound too booming or scary. Hey, little guy. The black fuzzball in the corner of the box uncurled itself and stood up hesitantly. I tentatively reached a hand, a hand that suddenly seemed monstrous in size, into the box and lightly scratched the bottom of it. The kitten walked slowly toward the sound, his head bobbing uncertainly under the weight of the plastic cone. His nose bumped against one of my fingers, and he sniffed it curiously. I glanced up at Patty, who said, You can pick him up if you want to. I lifted him carefully, cradling him just below my chest with one hand supporting his bottom and the other around his chest and front legs. Hi, little boy, I whispered. At the sound of my voice, he turned himself around and reached up to my left shoulder with his front paws. They were so small, they sank between the cables of the light cotton sweater I was wearing. 
He struggled a bit, and I could tell he was trying to hoist his full weight onto my shoulder. But his claws, such as they were, were too tiny to get a good grip. Giving up, he twisted again and brought his face as close to where my jaw met my neck as the plastic cone would allow. He tried to rub his face against mine, although all I felt was plastic against my cheek. Then he started to purr. The cone funneled the sound until it was so loud, he sounded like an improbably small motor. I had expected that, having no eyes, he would be incapable of conveying much expression, and it occurred to me that this, perhaps, was the secret fear of the people who'd refused to adopt him. A pet whose face couldn't register love, couldn't reflect emotion, might always feel like a stranger in your home. As I held him, though, I realized that it isn't the eyes that tell you how someone is feeling or what they're thinking. It's the muscles around the eyes, which pull the corners up or push them down, crinkle them at the edges to convey amusement or narrow them into slits indicating anger. This kitten didn't have his eyes anymore but the muscles around them had been left intact. And I could tell, from the shape the muscles were taking, that if he'd had eyelids, they would have been half-closed in an expression eminently familiar to me from my other two cats. It was an expression of utter contentment. The ease with which he slipped into it suggested that, despite everything he'd already been through, despite every reason he'd had to expect the opposite, in the depths of his kitteny little soul, he'd always known there would be a place where he could feel completely warm and secure. And now, at last, he'd found it. Oh, for God's sake. I put him gently back into his box, then rooted around in my purse for a tissue. Wrap him up. I'm taking him home. Thanks so much for listening. And I wanted to add, you know, when when you sit down, first sit down to write a book and there are all kinds of things that you know, will, you know, I knew when as I was writing Homer's Odyssey that it was going to be published because I had sold it as a proposal before it was written. Um, so there were certain things I knew would happen. I knew it would be published. Obviously, I knew it would be in bookstores. I knew that at some point I would be holding a book in my hands with my name on the cover. Um and then there are the things you daydream that that might happen. You know, maybe it will be a bestseller. Maybe it will get great reviews. Maybe people will really enjoy it. And obviously, the, those things did come to pass with Homer's Honesty. But the one thing it never even occurred to me to, to wish for was to to meet and befriend and and get to know so many amazing people, so many amazing women and men who work in in rescue and who just who are animal lovers people with incredible hearts who have reached out to me over the years and so i did just want to thank you you know not just for listening to this podcast or you know buying my books but but really for inspiring me and and my belief in goodness in the world with with your own good and kind hearts uh and and it just it, Really, knowing knowing all of you, getting to to talk to and interact with all of you, it is just my incredible joy and privilege, and and I thank you for that, and I thank you for having listened all the way to the end of this podcast. I'm going to wrap it up now, 
because I do need to get back in bed to to nurse my poor, poor injured back. So thanks so much for joining me this week. And I look forward to seeing all of you next week with an all new episode. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cattail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline-loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, find out how to get your name and your cat's name included in my next book, or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts, head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me, and don't forget to hug your cat today.